Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Well, it might not be morning if you're right. listening. I shouldn't Hello. say it that way. Hello. Uh, welcome back to Megan's old office. My name is J.D. Gorlad. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church, and we are uh, continuing our study that we began last week of the book of Genesis. We're going to be working our way through Genesis chapter 2. Uh, so if you want to follow along, open up your Bibles to that chapter and uh, read along. Uh, my good friend Keith Holmes is with us. He will read the chapter to us. Uh, in a moment, uh, Keith is our director of children and family ministry. Keith, how you doing, man? I am doing well. How about you? I'm you doing all right? I'm yeah. all right. We are yeah. sitting here. Uh, we are. By the way, we are observing all COVID protocols. Right. Uh, Keith and I have a piece of plastic between us. We are. We and, are. Um, and uh, just and it's feeling clear, the joy. so it's clear, so we can see each other That's and react right. to each other's facial facial we're, expressions. We're doing all, and we do get rather uh, boisterous in here, so yes, we, we do, do. We do need to keep the plastic here. Here, so today, last week we talked about Genesis one. I hope you were with us for that episode. If you if you weren't with us, you certainly can check that out on yes. your usual locations uh, that you're on right now. Uh, and you can see that listen to that episode at your leisure. Uh, today, like I said, we're in Genesis chapter two, which is a second additional creative creation narrative. The first chapter is a creation narrative, and then chapter two is. And chapter two gets more specific about the creation of uh, human beings, of Adam and Eve. This is that narrative, and uh, so I'm very thankful uh, for that. The Bible does both of these. Right. Things. Oh, I think it's important, and I'm amazed at how they go together. They that. One needs the other. We need chapter right. one. We need chapter two. Right, uh, and and it's it's a both of them are blessings. So Keith, we're going to see God not just creating Adam and Eve here, but also kind of training them in the role uh, yes. of being of having dominion. You and I were talking before, yeah. about this this commission, if you will, that God gives us as human beings to have dominion over over his creation, to be stewards of it. Right. And so we don't just see God creating Adam and Eve here, but training them. So, Keith, what have you trained? Have you trained... Who or what have you trained in this life, and what made it difficult? I'm assuming that it was difficult. Well, yes. Yes, it Okay, was. so who, what, and how? Okay, and so a couple, couple of things, just real quick. The the, the short answer is I, I teach children. So training them <laughs> up. Job. So as part of my job, I train the kids to read their Bible, to study the Bible, how to study the Bible, because I think that's important. And it's very difficult because they're kids. And, you know... What about them makes it difficult? Uh, it's just that they want to have fun. They, they expect to have fun, um, you know, in the learning process. I try to make it fun. But there are times when we have to be serious, and that's difficult because it's heavy stuff. I mean, learning about God is not is not like learning about math. We talked a little bit about that last week, how A does not equal B does not equal C. Or it you, you can't wait for A to equal B to equal C mm. to believe in God. You yeah. have to have faith. And that is an incredibly difficult concept to teach kids. Yeah. They are who are very tactile or very, very much, you know, if it's not substantial, if it doesn't exist in and I can touch it. I don't understand it very well. Training somebody yeah. in something can be easy, depending right. on the task. Right. If it's an easy task, uh, you know, it can be very easy. But most of the time, training somebody in something right. is very challenging. And the reason it can be difficult ha- can often do have to do with the person that you're... Their, their limitations 
uh, or but quite often training somebody in something is difficult on my because of things in me because right. I'm not patient. Well, that was I would the be a better part, teacher yeah. if I was more patient right. and more. You know, uh, gracious. Uh, I remember a story of both uh, Sandy Koufax, who had the greatest curveball in the history of baseball, and Ted Williams, who was arguably the greatest hitter of all time. They were fantastic, but they they were total failures in teaching others to do it. They weren't patient, and they didn't recognize that they had abilities that others just didn't have. Right. And they got frustrated because these lesser humans could not throw <laughs> yeah. that glorious curveball. Curve like, uh, how, how can you not do that? It's just doing this, just, it, it's and just that's a all it is. Your, of, right. of Koufax's yeah. wrist, yeah. but but uh, no these, one can do it, right? Yeah. You yeah. Couldn't, and that was the point. They couldn't get it in their heads that they had been blessed by God to, to, to do this thing, and they yeah. they didn't have the patience or the grace. Yeah. Great guys, but don't get yeah. me wrong. But yeah. they just couldn't get that. And I'm that way quite often, where I'm training and I'm like why can't you get this because and it it it's not the the person's fault it's mine right and I get that way too uh, you know I I little truth in truth in uh, advertising here you know I I, I have to admit that's how I kind of looked at my own kids working with kids I always looked at my own and went you're my kid how can you not know this right you know I'm uh, I held them to a higher standard than I do everyone else's kid. Didn't right? you come out of the room right. knowing you, this stuff? Didn't, didn't you, what? What? You're my child. You're you're your mom's child. She's smarter than me, and and you should you know if you take after her, you should understand this. How do I have to keep telling you? And it just. What do you mean you voted yeah. for that guy? Oh, you're my uh, kid. Well, don't even start there. <laughs> but yeah, um, those are interesting conversations yeah, around sure. the dinner table. Sometimes I'm sorry I brought that yeah. up. You're in yeah. pain now. No, I, I apologize. It's like oh my children. I've, they've lost their way. So we're in uh, yeah. Genesis chapter oh, two. Oh, but wait, real quick. The other thing that oh, I've trained I'm so, I'm is... So no, sorry. no, 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 it's okay. The other the other thing I trained was our dog, um, <laughs> our, our, our dog. And and that was a whole lot easier because it the dog didn't talk back. <laughs> <laughs> if you had treats in your she pocket... Did, she did what I told her to do eventually. And, and actually, the hardest part of that was me, like you mentioned. Getting up and training her ten minutes a day—that's yeah. all it takes—is ten minutes a day, yeah. and and you can get have a well-trained dog. Is it? Oh, you get home from work. It's amazing you what don't you want can to do. It treats in your. It, in well, your yeah, pocket. there's that too. You know, yeah, the, you know what I find to be fascinating, Keith, and we'll close that out. We'll get into the reading. Yeah, is that you can train a cat. Evidently, there are people who train cats to do stuff. I, I, who are these people? Right? I mean, can you imagine trying the to train? The amount of time that they must in <laughs> effort to... train your cat. It, huh. and that perhaps is the best analogy of what God has to do with us. <laughs> right? You know? Right. It's, you're not dogs, you people. You're cats. <laughs> you want to understand God's pain, go try to train a cat. Then you'll, okay. Anyway. Uh, now, uh, I, I, I can tell we've reached the point where we, we need we to move re- on. We are ready to read. All right. All right. Yeah. So as I read, I want you to be thinking about this question, because we always want you to kind of put yourself in the story, get yourself thinking about these things as we as we go through the scripture. Um, how is the creation of man different from everything else? There's a very simple simple answer to that, I think. But really, we we want to peel back that layer and how is it different? How is the creation of man different? Than and that else? harkens back immediately to chapter one. So you need right, to reference right. that, yep. uh, which we had in our last episode. How is uh, man here, the creation of the man? Different. Okay. All right, here we go. This will be Genesis uh, chapter 2, verses 4 to the end, 25. All right, here we go.
These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground. But a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flows out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divides and becomes four branches. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Havala where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. Bedellum and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gahan. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris, which flows east of Assyria, and the fourth is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every animal of the the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man had made he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this, is the la- this at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one has been taken. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked were not ashamed. Fascinating. Wow. Yeah. Wonderful reading. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. So how is the creation of man different than everything else? Yeah. So again, this harkens back to chapter one. And if you recall that, uh, you know, let there be light. Let the, and it was so. And right. God said, "Let there be this," and it was so. In the first day, in the second day, and so this. And we talked about it last week, and about how awesome that is. In this chapter, by no means puts down that chapter, or right. vice versa. Right. It just adds to it. Uh, but in that uh, chapter, we see God doing these glorious, huge things with huge movements, with gentle power, gentle power uh, there. 
But here, the forming of Adam, for me, we see God very personally and really physically involved, right? Forming with his hands out of dirt. I imagine, I love the idea of God's hands being dirty, uh, getting <laughs> in the mud and being a, like a potter. And if you've seen right. any potter, they you got it all over themselves, right, you know? Right. And it's, uh, you know and, and, and we get that sense. We don't get that sense from chapter one. And again, I'm not putting down chapter one. It's mm-hmm. just, I'm so thankful for both that we have the power of God's word and will, loving will in chapter one. And here we have this, this very personal, uh, his hands getting dirty, being involved, and then breathing so thankful for this element that you read here of of God breathing life, animating the man uh, with God's own breath. Uh, this makes a powerful statement to us mm-hmm. about uh, from whence we came and, yep. and, and, and how it happened, that, that God is personally, in, in, in some very real sense, personally involved in, in, in your form. In, 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 your, in your living. And, and we talked in, in, in Bible study at, at Koinonia, we talked about the Valley of the Dry Bones from Ezekiel chapter 37 and how, you know, this, this was a Valley of Dry Bones and then God made them put, be put back together and then animated them with the breath of life, this, this p- very personal, non... Uh, it, it's not distant. That right. God, it, it, this isn't God just doing this from afar without any involvement. God is right. is completely and personally involved here. I love that. Part. Well, and for me, that's that has always been the big thing for me is is that idea that He spoke everything else into existence. Yet for man, He touched and He breathed right. into them. So absolutely, I find that to be for me the very big difference is, is that God is personally involved, physically involved in the creation of man where he just otherwise spoke everything else into being. And the importance of touch remains, doesn't it? Yeah. For us. Very much so. You know, there's so much that, that, that human beings gain and so many blessings that God, that, that human beings get from touch, from being touched by another person, that, that right. encouragement. There, right. there are words that can be communicated uh, sentiments that can be communicated through touch that can't be can't be done through words. Nope. Thanks be to God. Amen. I think that's just a fantastic, fantastic thing. I mean, know? yeah, when when someone puts their hand on your shoulder at the appropriate moment, oh. you've just the comfort that you feel from it. I mean, as simple as that. But you know, a handshake. I always, you know, I always you, just think about it. A handshake. You're actually touching another person's hand. In, in, you know, I, I think of Asian, the Asian cultures that do a bow when mm-hmm. they, there's no physical touch. Right. And that kind of shows that distance, that right. kind of coolness toward each other. But, but you know, in Western culture, to me, having grown up in that very much, and then I think of the Europeans who, who in some cultures kiss one another. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they meet with they meet with a kiss, two kisses, one on each right. cheek, you right. know, and, and one country Don't said, oh, two, well, with two kisses, no, we're going to go three. One, and one of the countries over there, you actually kiss with three three times to say hello. It's just like they were be even more physical. And 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 so, you know, it it to me is fascinating the human touch. And not, you know, I mean, anymore we always get the connotation of bad touch, good touch, but just physically being able to communicate through touch yeah, is we don't, so important. We don't want to set rules in motion so much that we never hug. I mean, right. I could make the case that chapter two of Genesis is the validation and the uh, of, of the hug, you know, because <laughs> God go. does that. God yep. hugs us into being. He right. gets his hands dirty. He right. forms us with his own hands. He's, he's hugging 
hum, human beings the 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 entire way. Right. And 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 here's the other thing that stands out, and it, it, it it's just just this fascinating balance. Okay, we are divinely created. This is the statement that chapter two makes. God is divine. Is completely. He's divine, and he is completely involved in creation. He doesn't. He doesn't farm it out to somebody right. else. Yeah, he yeah. Say, you <laughs> know. And then God decided to make human beings, and he had FedEx do it. You he know, gave he gave the job like, to the monkeys. He called Amazon. Hey, monkeys right? become humans. Exactly. Right. He yeah. did, he, right. He's per, He's complete. He's divine. He's completely involved. But we are also dirt. We, yeah. I mean, we. So it's both. We are created in His image. Chapter one makes that 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 argument. Makes that statement. And and here, chapter two, the personal involvement. But we're also dirt. This is a fantastic balance that human beings should never forget. Yes, divine involvement. Yes, created in His image. Yes, also coming from dirt. dirt. Your clay. Your dirt. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget either one of those right. things. And just know? like we talked about, don't focus on what's not there. Don't focus on the fact that you're dirt 100% of the time. That's that's one of the big things that I think a lot of people that fight depression could could latch on to if they heard us say that. Right. Is, is that, hey, you're dirt. No, no, no. You're a divine creature in, and that God inspired, that God breathed into. Right. Treat yourself better than that. Both halves of that are glorious. If Amen. We, if we will see it. And I, I'm going to, you know, so now, then as we move in, I'm sorry if I'm talking over. Well, I was just going to say, and then people, for people like me with an enormous ego, we got to remember we're dirty, yeah. right? You know, I mean, that's the other thing, too. That's the two sides of this particular Yeah, but coin. Keith, my dirt is better than your well, dirt. Well, yeah, I don't know. Did my dirt's dirt? pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just crazy, right? So. Um, so uh, this question, you know, so now then we move into, to, so we've created Adam, Adam's been created, and now we bring in Eve. And so, uh, you know, I've often, what is it that prompted God to conclude that it wasn't good for Adam, for the man, to be alone? And, and my, and I'm interested to get your re- reaction to this, um, so what prompted God to conclude that? Uh, to me, God had the desire not just to create Adam, not to cr- just to create us, but for us to be in full, for us to have uh, the best, to, to, to be complete, to to be complete. Right. Uh, not just to make us, to, but to be complete. So this is not just a statement that that the Bible is making about what happened with Adam and then therefore Eve, but then with us too. He concludes it's not good for human beings for the man uh, to be alone. Why did he say that? Because something inside of God. Uh, there is a desire inside of God for Keith, for JD, for for human beings to be complete, right. you know, and and uh, and for God to give us that complete, and not to find, not to just be left to figure it out for our for ourselves. Right. Your reaction to, to, to I, any of that? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, we're to be in community. We are to be. And, and you know, that's the danger of this whole quarantine that we've been through. People are finding out. To their to their detriment, the ones that may even have thought I'm a I'm an introvert, I'm okay being alone. There to a point, you were created to not be alone 100 percent of the time, right? And that God has ordained it that you would be completed by other beings, other people, right? And uh, and, and you know, obviously, the last passage in here that's why a man leaves his parents and clings to his right. wife. It, you know, that's God ordained to be in that relationship and to be that way. So 
to to struggle. I I you know as for many of you who have been following along, you all know I'm an inch, an extrovert, and so I wholly embrace the idea <laughs> that I need other people. I'm inspired by other people. See, I'm it's right here in the Bible. The right? Extroverts, God and likes extroverts. See, so all of you introverts get get right with God. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. Yeah. Um, but, but no man's an island, you right, know. And, exactly. and no matter how hard they might try to be, right. they, they 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 we do need. It's stitched into us, right? And then the other reason I I kind of was thinking about what prompted God to conclude that it wasn't good for man to be alone was because professional sports hadn't been created yet. <laughs> so there was nowhere there was no reason for us to lay on the couch on a Sunday afternoon watching oh, football. Gosh. So football, uh, we need football. We need it back. If you're listening uh, to this years from now, uh, right, you know, uh, right canceled. here we're in the midst of no college football, and it's just sports it's, are a, 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 we're horribly an iffy thing, and it's not great but so yeah so at the you know we're finding out what it was like for adam before yeah. before you know but seriously i think about my life without my wife without alice and i just think oh my gosh incomplete in, in, incomplete totally incomplete yeah. yeah and and now granted i would have gotten to do what i wanted to do i could have eaten all the pizza and chips and and, and drank all the beer i wanted to but i know i wouldn't be walking with the lord i know i wouldn't be sitting here at a mm-hmm. microphone talking about the wonderful right. god we serve had i been left to my own devices it's not good for the man to be alone amen it's amen. not good for for human beings to be alone uh, god blesses that there's a desire in god i love the the idea that Living in God's heart is the desire for us to be complete. And, of course, the Apostle Paul comes along and talks about in, about the glory of being single, of not being married. There is a, there is a blessing in that, too, for certain individuals. But right. by and large, for the most part, those, those, that's a rarity. For the most part, all of us, even if you're, if you're not married, if you're, if, you're, if you're single, God wants to bless you with people. Right. You, you talked about that. Right. Bless us with... With with togetherness, even us uh, introverts, uh, we we have to begrudgingly admit <laughs> drag that, that, you out. That yeah. being, you know, being with people is, is is a great thing. Now, we want to move into how, now the Eve story. How Eve comes in into being? Right. How because it's now that pro- we know it's not good for us to be alone. Right. There's a process here. Right. So, and, and and so uh, that that Keith read to us from chapter two, and and so. Uh, what do we see? What do we see as you imagine? As we imagine. Adam naming the animals. We're working our way towards Eve, and it begins with with God having Adam uh, name the animals. I mean, right. for me, here's God. This is kind of it's just this beautiful picture of God bringing His little human being with Him and saying, in teaching Him, training Him, right, in how to have dominion over the animals, which is His calling, which is His, which is the the, the charge that God has. Has placed upon Adam and upon all of us to have dominion over God's God's creation, and now here God is just leading Adam through the naming. And well, right. that's going to be an elephant, and that's going to be a zebra. Although they didn't speak English, uh, <laughs> so we have to get over that. Uh, it, it was Latin, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yes, Elephantus giganticus, <laughs> or whatever the us's were at that time. But, but this but. is a, a a beautiful a beautiful picture of God partnering with the little man of dust right. uh, in this grand project of naming uh, naming the al- oh, the animals. I wonder whether or not any of them really. You're going to call me. 
hippopotamus. Where'd right. you come up with that? Give me a break. Uh, that but, was it. The hit, the, he must have been at the end of the line where Adam was running out of But we come to the end of this, uh, of, of this process. Adam and, and God come to the end of, the, uh, end of this, and there's no suitable helper that's found in that process. They right. name the animals. They're looking for a suitable help, helper. God had to know oh, yeah. that this, the suitable helper was not going to come from this. Any of that. But God still takes us through that process. I say us yeah. in well, conjunction he, with what Adam experienced. Right. I mean, you know, this was Adam's job, mm-hmm. you know. And for those of us who, who, who identify with, you know, who would say, I am a lawyer, I am a teacher, I am a... It's like, no, you're a child of God who has to pay their bills. And to do that, you go out and you know, study the law, practice the law. You, you, you go out and educate other people. Um, because the fact of the matter is, is we go, we get up and go to work every morning. We get up and, and we come home and, and we don't find through our work and through that time, the fulfillment that, that, relationship. And there's a certain God blessing building there. It. I mean, there's definitely blessing in all of that, right? I mean, you're certainly you're certainly blessed with a paycheck, mm-hmm. right? You go to work, you get a paycheck, you do that. But then or, and you're blessed because you go out and you do things and and it is right for us to work. I mean, you know, the Bible here talks about how Adam had a job and that was what he wanted to do. Uh, wanted Adam to do. But through that we don't find fulfillment. And, and and we go even further now in what you were saying, and that is we're looking at all the different species that have been created, all the different animals that God put on the earth, and in all of that, we find that there's no helper. There's an inadequacy there that's a blessing. Right. That So God leads, knowing full well that that, that the suitable helper that they seek, that they've set themselves to, to finding, right. is not there. But God takes Adam takes us in our own lives. He takes us through things, not so that we'll find what we're looking for, but f- so that we'll recognize what God already knows, that it doesn't exist yet. Right. In other words, God is taking Adam ta- and quite often takes us through things so that he'll exhaust in us. He'll bring us to that point right. of helplessness. And that's where Adam is at, after he goes through all the animals and everything in creation. Because you can imagine that first day he was, okay, okay we're gonna there's aardvarks and there's, you know, we're doing we're gonna, it alphabetically. We're going yeah. to find a certain, we're, we are, we are going to find a helper for me today right. that already exists. Right. And how many times do we do this, Keith, where it's like, okay, God needs to bless my life. There's an inadequacy here. There is something that is missing from my life. Right. And I can find it in something that I already already know right. when God has not yet created it in our lives. And, and maybe God needs to spend a few weeks or months or even years with us to exhaust that out of our minds so that finally we'll be like in agreement with God in the realization, it's not here yet. It's and I am here. completely dependent upon God to create something, help to, yeah. to, to, to fill yeah. that hole. That's yeah. what happens with Adam and quite often oh, yeah. with us. I think so. You get down to zebra and you're like, it's not zebra. here. It's not here. It's not it, it, yeah. it's not here. Adam has to realize what God already knows, so do we. Right. We, we in our own lives, there's something, there's that emptiness, there's something that that we're that we're missing and we have to God takes us through things through disappointment and failure uh, quite often blesses us with that inadequacy, which is something that you were referencing before yep. that we go to work and that there's still something and it's missing. a blessed thing, but there's still something and it's at that point where we say 
I can't do this myself. I can't create it. I can't find it. It isn't, it isn't already here. Right. And you know, that's all right, because now I'm going to turn completely to God to in a way that I was not help. capable of doing. I'm going to say help in a way what? that I wasn't able to do before. Absolutely. You follow what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, the old, the old country song, happiness ain't found in the bottom, the bottom of a bottle. You right. know, it's just, we can fill that, we can fill that void with whatever we want to, as long as we're trying to do it by ourselves, it is never going to work. And we so turn to God. So Eve is made, it, it created by God, presented to Adam, and we can assume that because he's gone through that process of disappointment, mm-hmm. that at this point, now Adam can appreciate Eve in a way that he would not have been able to appreciate Eve before. That's what a great point. Had God just made her right along with everybody, with him, with Adam, and said, "Okay, here's your wife," he'd be like. Oh. Okay. Okay, thanks. Right. But in in this has application for us today. 100%. So we're going in this age, in this day and age, we're going through inadequacy, we're going through disappointment, we're going through this time of COVID where we're very frustrated. It's amazing how this is affecting uh Christians around the world mm-hmm. and yet and yet I have to hope and believe that in the end we will come to an you know, we will pre- be presented with a blessing from God that we will have an appreciation for because we went through this, because Absolutely. we were rendered helpless by this time. You uh, follow what I'm saying? Oh, you know? 100% agree and, and understand, because it is. It, you are, we are being, you know, completely isolated. I think this is our time of naming the animals. We're seeing, as a society, how horrifying solitude is. I mean, we're talking about a bunch of people that would say, well, I've been on the internet, I've got friends. No, you don't. They're just people at the other end of the computer clicking, clicking. You yeah. don't know, and you don't know who they are. They showed you a picture, but guess what? That may not be them. Wrong. So you don't know who they are through that little bit of presence. There, you've got to have an intimate relationship. You've got. To, I mean, and he had naming something is a big thing, right? The power you right. possess right. in naming something, Adam possessed all these creatures by by give or get was given permission and possession by give, given the job to name them right and and so you know here he is doing all this and yet still finds no comfort no helpmate no the partner bl- the blessing of inadequacy the blessing of dependency on wow. god adam it's it, that's Powerful. that's just pounded into him yep. and and we play it against what you just brought up the idea of whether or not what it would have been like if if Adam and Eve had been created simultaneously right. we get an appreciation for that glorious gift that is given to us only by being brought through these uh, by being brought to the point of dis- disappointment right. by being brought to the point of helplessness then God brings it Whatever it is, in right. Adam's case, it's Eve. In our case, it might be something else. And it's now we can appreciate it. Now, yeah. we're going to go for a couple more minutes because right. I want to ask this last, talk about this last question. Because in the end, it, there's Adam and Eve, and it says they are naked and they knew no shame. Right. right. And they, they, so what are they compared, you know, what are they compared to us? And, and, and I want to just kind of go with this just for a minute and get your reaction to this. I've talked to people a, a number of times in Bible study about the fact that the real desire of human beings is to be this, to be Adam and Eve, to be naked and to know no shame, to be known mm-hmm. for everything that we are. That's what they are. They, they're naked and they know no shame, and, and they're known by God without any masks, without any smokescreen, yeah. without any hiding at all. Yeah. And 
I, I want to share with the audience, examine your heart. Isn't that the number one thing more than anything else? Your heart's desire is to be known completely by someone else and to not have, be ashamed of it, to be loved and to be affirmed. This is what Adam and Eve w- w- were in that moment with God. And this, I think, is our fantastic desire. And yet, we know, don't we, implicitly, that we can't be that way with other people. Because if, if, if another person knows everything about us, they're going to run. They're going to run away from us. And, and when we, so we know that even with our most intimate relationships, there's a certain hiding that we have to do. I can't tell her everything. Right. I can't and, tell and, him everything. And particularly with friends and, and acquaintances, now yeah. the now the, the levels get even, the onion gets even thicker. Right, right. And yet the desire of human beings is still there to be like Adam and Eve here, isn't it? So true. To be so completely vulnerable, true. known, and loved. I mean, and, and they were living in a sinless state of being. It isn't until what we're going to talk about next week that we that they hide. Right, right, and and so so when you sit there and and your desire is to be known, understand that's God's desire too. Right, that we we are not we are desiring the holy that we are that we are to be known and loved for who we are, what no matter what. Right, and that's the best part about God. He does. He wants. He knows. That. He does know. You are naked in front of Him. Right, and, and yet, how do we pray? How do we worship? How do we live in relationship with God? Yeah. We do. The answer is we do it very much the same way as we do in relationship with other people. And right. God's like, come on, man. Right. Yeah. Go ahead and be it's Adam and okay. Eve with me. Right. It's, it's okay. okay. And it's our okay. hearts are just dying of thirst to be that. Yeah. You know? Amen and amen. I mean, just, to th- you know, I'm sitting here with this sort of blushing grin on my face because I think of myself as like, God, just... I want to be with you except for this one little thing over here. Could you just leave that alone over here? Just don't touch that. Right. And, 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 or I'll just put that away over here. And, and, you know, the funny, and that's why I smile because it's like, God looks at me putting it away going, do you think I don't see you right. putting that over in the corner, right. Keith? I, you know, I don't know, you know I me? know everything. Don't and, you know me? And it's just, it's just such a, and it is, it gives you such a sense of peace and, and, and because some people will, will hear this and maybe be a little scared. Like God knows everything I do. Yeah, he does. And he still loves you. Right. That's, that, so. that's the fantastic, but that is the desire, the desire of the human heart. Every yep. single person who's listening, examine. Yep. I w- I'm telling you, that's what you want. Yep. That's what you're looking for, yep. to be completely known and loved. And, and we know implicitly in our fallen world, it's just not possible. In order to be, quote unquote, loved, we got to hide a whole bunch of right. ourselves. I got to present just perfectly if I want to be loved. Not with God. And that's the statement of Genesis chapter 2 that I just Amen. love Amen. and is a constant challenge to me. Uh, so good stuff, it. man. Yeah, bud. Uh, thank you for joining us on Megan's Old Office. That was fun, Keith. Yeah, thank you. It was yeah. a lot of good... It was, I love talking about stuff like this, so I'm, I'm good. All right, next week, uh, chapter 3. You know, I always laugh. I always say... You know, I was thinking about this just a second ago. I was like, you know, we always say we want you in the story. We want you to put yourself Get in the ready. story. <laughs> Oh, brother and sister, this will be us in the story. Next week, we will have no trouble getting you into the story. There's a fall coming, and we're not talking about autumn. Uh, So uh, join us next week here on uh, Megan's Old Office. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church.
please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at megansoldoffice at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.